Hey there, welcome to Souls and Hearts, Be With the Word. I am Dr. Jerry Crete. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm here again with Dr. I'm Peter Melanowski, and I am a clinical psychologist here in, at the Crossroads of America, Indianapolis, Indiana, and we're excited to be here. I am excited to be here with you, Jerry. It's oh. good to hear you. Yes, it's good. I always enjoy our, our weekly um, podcast here where we discuss the readings, the upcoming readings for, from Sunday. And uh, I, I, there's something exciting about yeah, this one, right? This is a big deal, right? So, so some of you may know, or this may be new, that um, the Vatican, Pope Francis, has just established this third Sunday of Ordinary Time as Sunday of the Word of God. And, he, and the Pope is inviting all Catholics across the world to deepen their appreciation, love, and faithful witness to God and his word. That's a quote from Pope yes. Francis. So, you know, it's like, hey, we, we're, we're in it. We're in it. We're, we're doing with it. With the word, right? We're, so, we're being with the word. We're on board with this, with this uh, proclamation for sure. So, right. what, so in case you're listening for the first time, uh, what we do every week is we um, – we kind of each look at the readings ahead of time, right? And we look at how there's a psychological element or there's a reflection, a psychological takeaway perhaps um, from these readings, but still from a Catholic perspective. And we each separately reflect on that. And then we get together and we kind of hash it out and discuss it and, and see where we're each coming from. And so we do this each week. We kind of have fun doing that. We enjoy it. Um, we hope you enjoy it too. We hope you definitely get something out of it. But we also provide you with some takeaways, some action items, some things that you can put into place in your life. Because we really, really simple things, just yeah. just like little one-liners that can make a, a difference in your life uh, today, tomorrow. Just things that you can grip onto. That's really what we're, what we're wanting to provide to people that are psychological in nature. Because we know you're getting you know, spiritual guidance and so forth from you know, other sources. Our particular niche here is the psychological, right? Because grace builds on nature, the supernatural builds on the natural. And so we're really looking at shoring up that natural foundation for be able, being able to take in and build up that spiritual life. So. Yeah. That's great. And so what we do, so we're in a moment going to share what our main kind of uh, themes are, and then we're going to actually read the readings, uh, which you can always skip, but it's just sort of helpful to put it in context because I know if you haven't read them yet, you're not really knowing why we're talking about these things. So we're going to read the readings and then we're going to kind of have our discussion. So Dr. Peter, what was your theme that you had from these the readings? key theme. Yeah. So the key theme for me today was to really love somebody, first listen to them. Really listen to that person. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. I love it. I love that. And we're going to talk about how to do that a little bit. You know, right. So that give you, we'll give you some specific guidance, but really to, to listen first. All right, and mine, totally different again, <laughs> is letting go of the need to control others, and then in brackets, or the outcome. Uh, yeah. But letting go of control. Letting go of control. All yeah. Right. All right, so let's go to our readings. All right. Here we are. Okay, so the first reading is 
This is the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's again from Isaiah uh, 823 to 9.3. First, the Lord degraded the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the end, he has glorified the seaward road, the land west of the Jordan, the district of the Gentiles. Anguish has taken wing, dispelled is darkness. For there is no gloom where but now there was distress. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing, as they rejoice before you as at the harvest, as people make merry when dividing spoils. For the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder, and the rod of their taskmaster, you have smashed as on the day of Midian. So, the second reading is from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, taken from uh, the first chapter. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me that you, my brothers and sisters, by Chloe's people, that there are rivalries among you. I mean that each of you is saying, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with the wisdom of human eloquence, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its meaning. And the gospel is taken from the fourth chapter of Matthew. And I'm going to read the longer version. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people. That's the gospel. 
All right, Peter. All right. Well, nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be here and it's good to be with all of you. Thank you for uh, spending time with us. So, Jerry, I'm curious. What, what's, what stood out? What stood all out right. for you today? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so this whole idea of letting go of control was what was kind of hitting me. And I was really focused probably a little more on Isaiah to okay. start off with. And then the Gospels. Um, and I have a feeling you were focused on St. Paul. I uh, was, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what happens, but that's fine. And <laughs> it's very typical. I, I'm loving, you know, since we've been doing this in Advent, I'm loving this connection between Isaiah and the Gospel of Matthew. And I'm loving the fact, just seeing how the prophecies of Isaiah kind of follow and, 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 and are realized in Christ. But... What I saw here in Isaiah was this idea that God is going to renew, right? A place that had been vanquished. So they keep mentioning Zebulun and Naphtali, and most of us have no idea what that is. Um, they were lands uh, further, further away or north, I think, that were invaded by the Assyrians. So they were kind of taken out early, early on in, in the invasions. And God is basically saying, I'm going to renew them. And that's where the light is going to shine. So um, people that were in anguish, people that were tormented, people that were invaded and oppressed are going to actually be liberated. And, and, and if, they were, if you have a yoke or a burden or a taskmaster, you know, that's going to be lifted. In fact, it says, I love the word, smashed. I would be curious to know what the Hebrew word was <laughs> exactly, but the word is smashed in, in English here, and, and it, the, the burden will be smashed by God, and, and that kind of hit me, and then in fact, then joy will happen, and there'll be this great rejoicing, so it's, to me, it's like, you know, the end of the Return of the Jedi, which should have been the end of the whole Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> but, uh, you know, where they're all just rejoicing, the Empire's been taken down, they're free, we're all happy, the story's over. <laughs> and so that's kind of what God is calling, how I see it, is God is calling to us to do that. And yet it's hard, right? How do, you, how do we get there? You know, how do we let go? And I, I was thinking in terms of this letting go of control, because how, how are burdens that we have? Like, we have these little frustrations in our lives sometimes. These, you know, and it might be relational. So if I was to think about it, you know, I love my wife. She's the most amazing. Let me put it that way. She's the most amazing person I know. I love her dearly. She's always late. <laughs> She's always to the point where I will tell her the wrong time just to get to make it to, to get on time. Like, so if the thing starts at five, I'll tell her four 30 and, 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 and it is amazing that she hasn't figured that out, but or she kind of does but forgets. And so, you know what I mean? Like, but I could be, really get stewed up, right? I could get like, why is she late? Why is, you know, and I could become this thing that becomes, uh, that, that actually is a burden on me, right? That, that becomes this thing I'm carrying and I become resentful and frustrated and angry. And, and how do I let that go? Because it's not so easy when I really want to control or make something different, but I can't. So what do you think leads us to want to hang on to that control? Like what's the, What's the good that we're looking for when we do try to control situations and we do try to control other people and make them do what we want to do? What's the good? Because I sometimes think it's like just what I want. I want it the way I want it. 
All right, so you think it's just so that you can have, see. Now I tend to think about it in terms of there's some good that we're looking for behind just wanting. I don't think it's just selfishness usually. I think okay. it has to do with some kind of insecurity or some kind of uh, need to make situations seem manageable or other things like that. Now sometimes we may just want it because we want it, but sometimes it's. I think it's sometimes. Well, I might have this. There. I might have an idea that I don't like to be late because then I'll be embarrassed, or I just right. like to be on right. time, or. You know, I just have a value that says it's important to be on time. Right? right. So, and so, so let's just say that if you'd be embarrassed, right? So then there's a, there's a protective function there, right? To keep you from being uh, embarrassed or ashamed or something like that. Right. right. So, right. Yeah. And I, I just, and for me, it's also a little bit of safety. Like I like to control, it's kind of a harsh word, but you know, we, I do things and manage things to have some sense of safety. So if I know, uh, you know, I'm going to some events. I like to get there on time. I like to lay out, you know, understand what's happening and everything else. If I feel rushed, mm-hmm. if I'm running into something I don't, I'm not, I haven't like staked out, then I actually feel a little insecure. Right. Maybe. Yeah. You know? So some of, some of that letting go of control can be like, okay, what am I trying to get out of this? And is there another way to get it? Mm-hmm. You know, is there something healthier that I can do, you know, rather than trying to change another person? Is there something that I can change in me? Right. Because that's what I kind of hear you saying is that you're trying to change another person and we don't actually have that much influence that way a lot of times. Right. Like I can communicate my concern. The person may or may not respond. I can make choices for myself that are different. Right. Right. Like I can just set a boundary. Right. Right. That says, all right, if you're not ready on time, I'm just going to head over. Right. Or if I'm able to do that or, you know, it's probably manipulative. It's a bit manipulative, isn't it? Can it? be. That I, say, about that, yeah. that I say, like, okay, I changed the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm perfectly honest about that, but but it is part of <laughs> sort of, but but a little bit of it's an acceptance. It's like, right. well, you know what? I, I'm going to help you a little bit by uh, you know managing my own stress level. Um, but sometimes we have to communicate it and sometimes we, it's not important enough though to, to be, to get resentful and angry and frustrated. Right. 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 And I feel like that's the part of the burden that kind of has, that we have to kind of like, let go. Right. Right. Yeah. And, And sometimes it helps to understand, like, it's not necessarily personal. It's not like she's doing this to you. Right. To like cause you distress right which i do probably have nothing to do with right you know well i don't know i mean who knows but but it doesn't necessarily we tend to personalize things i guess is what i'm saying like when somebody else does something we often will assume that it's um about us in some way right right exactly and so when i when i unburden myself that's a great way to put it if i unburden myself of you know this isn't about me right that's their issue right it's whatever I can make choices around it, but right. it's not about me. And I'm what, what I'm really letting go of is my need to control or my, or maybe a better yet, my need my my automatic reflex to personalize it and make it about me. Right. Right. I know that makes a lot of sense. And it kind of opens up the door to uh, what I was really keying in on in the second reading by St. Paul, what he's talking about are factions in the church. Mm-hmm. He's talking about like rivalries within the church 
um, he's getting reports about all kinds of infighting in the church. Sound familiar? Hey. Yeah. I, I wondered if some people, if I, might, I just mentioned Pope Francis's name at the beginning of this, I wonder if some people's hackles got up. You right. know, it's Pope Francis, right? Because we are living in a really polarized society, a really polarized culture right now in the U.S., especially politically, um, and also in the church. And what do I mean when I say polarized? It means that there are these factions that are fighting each other within a community, right? right. Or within a system, right? So, you know, you can hear that today in the church, right? I am for Pope Francis. I am for Cardinal Burke, right? I am for Bishop Anthanasius Snyder. I am for, you know, Cardinal Supich, right? And right. there's a lot of infighting going on right now. And that's the exact kind of thing that, um, that Paul is warning us against. It's easy to get drawn into that. It draws on our, on our, on our desires uh, to, to, to express aggression and conflict and to, you know, and to, but what are we hearing? You know, we're hearing from Paul, you know, that the unity is important. And that echoes our Lord, right? That they be one, dear Father, he says. He prays for unity in the church. Right. Which is something that's really seeming to be devalued. And frankly, it's hard right now. It's hard right now because there are these rivalries. And there's often the assumption that it's about the other person. Like it can be hard to find a good motive in somebody if they've been vilified in our own minds into this enemy camp, mm -hmm. you know? And so... Um, and that, that is something that I think we really need to be paying attention to and understanding that people often have, they generally have good motives, unless they've committed the unforgivable sin and given themselves over to blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, who is love itself. There's some good motive that people are looking for. Right. And we, if we can connect with what that good motive is, even if we disagree with the means that they're using for it, if we can connect with that, with what that good motive is, then it becomes much easier to be in relationship with them and to love them. So it sounds like that links in with what you were, you started with, you right. know, was about listening. It was really about listening. We're not listening to each other right now in our, in our, in our culture. We're in an election year in the United States. Um, you know, we're in the middle of an impeachment, you know, trial right now um, where there's extreme rhetoric. Um, right. And, you know, and, so, you know, so my, 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 my key theme is if you really want to listen, if you really want to love somebody, listen to them. Mm -hmm. So if somebody comes into my office, right, or I run across somebody who's, let's say, considering an abortion, okay, mm -hmm. um, you know, the initial impulse for a lot of Catholics is to try to talk them out of it, right? Try to make sure that that doesn't happen because it's such a terrible thing, right? right. And, you know... I'm going to say, wait a minute, let me understand what's, what's happening with this person. Let me really see this person as, you know, see the good that this person is trying to find or the evil that they're trying to avoid when they're even considering this option, right? And, and, and really understand the person because that's really important to being able to love them, right? Um, you know, if we look at loving the other person as, you know, uh, drawing them towards the greater good, we got to understand where they're coming from with some of this stuff. Uh, but I think what a lot of people go to is they go to, um, you know, apologetical arguments or catechesis or other things like that, which are valuable and they've got their place. But to, for that person really to feel heard and understood, and maybe we can understand that they're desperate 
and they right. think that they're just going to be emotionally overwhelmed if they have this child or that they don't believe that they can give the child up for adoption, um, you know, because, uh, because they would just bond with that child and then both of them would be doomed, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and they might actually get to the point some women do of believing that the child is better off dead, right. Than being born, even if they believe that there's a child there. Um, no, but to be able to enter into that level of, um, of, of relationship is so critical to being able to have um, a way of, of, of loving them. And much better outcomes come from that sort of thing. I love what you're saying because I honestly think there's a sh- – okay, there's a show. It's probably old now. I don't know if it's still on the air. And I used to hate it. Like the, even the, the name of the show bugged me. It was called Wife Swap. I was immediately offended by the show, just the name of it. And the idea was you – two people in different parts of the country or whatever would switch wives for like a week or something. They observe how awful it is to be. I think I saw it once or twice, (laughs) but when I saw only because I was like, but I was, I forget why, but anyway, I saw it. And I remember thinking to myself, what was interesting was that what ended up happening was that they got a little different perspective by having to be in someone else's shoes, essentially. Mm -hmm. And even though the, the premise is offensive <laughs> to me, the, the idea of, of being um, having to go a little outside of your comfort zone. And so what you just described, and, and, and start with just listening and understanding where someone's coming from, opens up the door for that person to actually think of other options than, what, than right. the options they were locked right. into. Right. And then they end up, so I love what you're saying. So like a right. person doesn't, because as soon as you judge another person, or start to catechize or whatever, lay down the law with a person right. instead of choosing to love them like what you're describing, right. they will lock in. Right. And rather than become more vulnerable and share right. where their real pain is and the real their heart is, and then there becomes an opportunity to explore what's really going on. Right. Um, and I, wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, I hope you know I'm Can- like you know I'm Canadian, right? right so, I, but right. I've been here for in the United States for a long time. But it took me a long time to even figure out the political divisions and the way it all works <laughs> in the United States. Like I, Canada has its own problems, <laughs> but I wasn't used to the level of polarization right. and the type of dialogue that I've seen here. Right, and that's where you get people like claiming that other people are idiots or yeah. they're evil you know, or they're deplorable or they're, they're, they're stupid or what, I mean, and it's like, whoa, there are reasons why people hold on to these, these positions. And the more that you, the more that you um, condemn, you know, and, 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 and the, the more radical, the, the wider people right. get apart. And, you know, and that's exactly what Paul is, is, is saying is like, wait yeah. a minute, within the church, we need to be, you know, and sometimes that whole thing even gets pulled out. So listening, you know, where listening gets like, you know, it gets a negative association to it. But wait a minute. I mean, this is coming straight from Paul. This is coming straight from our Lord. So, so um, I, you know, if somebody is talking about social justice, I want to know what they mean by that. You know, and why is that so important to them? Because where they're at, that might be like where we need to meet them and where they need to start. You know, um, they might not understand you know, the transcendental, you know, mystical importance of contemplative prayer, right? right. Um, you know, because they're at a point where we want to, you know, give them milk if that's where they're at. And so, 
And, and so I, I just feel really strongly about that. And, you know, so I, I, I think the listening, there's too few people listening now. Um, right. And so if you can be light and salt in being able to enter into that person's world, their, their, their inner world, if you can get invited in because you're willing to like just understand them and accept them as they are where they are right now, that doesn't mean you accept all their positions doesn't mean right. that you accept everything that they believe or that you endorse it or any of that. doesn't mean that you're promoting abortion if you listen to somebody that's considering having one. Right. Right. But, you know? but listen, though, what you're saying, I love what you're saying. And I, actually, our two things connect because my, my approach was about letting go of the need to control. But you, what, there you but, go. Yeah. So when you do let go of that agenda, whatever agenda right. you have, we're taking up, this is, goes beyond being late for an event with your wife, right. Right? right? This goes beyond that into, right, like I'm not going to let go of my beliefs. It's not a question right. of me necessarily doing that, but it's a question of me trying to really understand where you're coming from. Right. And to do that, I have to let go of my agenda. You have to let go of your agenda. And you have to let go of, I think, sometimes some, some malformations of conscience, like these inner voices that say, wait a minute, am I endorsing what you're saying? If I don't fight it right now, am I on, you know, in league with some, you know, some evil that she's contemplating, right, mm -hmm. when it comes to, like, the abortion example? No, no. Yeah. No, there's, there's, there's like a lot of confusion around the formation of conscience with these things that comes from us having to be okay, you yeah. know, and I, you know, sometimes see this in Catholic psychologists or Catholic therapists in consultation or supervision where they're having trouble listening to their, to well, their clients because they feel they've got to do something to change their client. Right. You know, I, you know, you're hitting something for me, actually, it's just coming up. I'm going to just share okay. a friend, a friend who. I got in a bit of an argument. I'm pretty, pretty pro-life. And I got into a little bit of an argument. They were arguing. It was a male. And he was arguing a, a more of a, it was a very Catholic, devout Catholic man. But arguing a pro-choice position, I could not understand. And I was, you know, sort of doing some argument. And we were discussing, you know, like, when does the soul come into, mm -hmm. you know, and all this business and ensoulment. <laughs> and when, you know, when during the medieval right. period did that vision change and, yeah. and all this. And then, and then, you know what hit me? And I, I think it was a bit of an inspiration. Yes. In that moment, because I looked at him and I said, and I don't know why I said this, but I said, did one of your girlfriends at one point have an abortion? And he looked at me and he said, yes, mm -hmm. Two, twice. Mm -hmm. And this was a, a time before he had really kind of adopted yeah. his faith. And I went, and then all of a sudden I melted as well right, right. because I realized he was arguing with me out of a place of pain and loss because he hadn't accepted the fact that, that this, this is actually painful for him and he didn't right. have a choice in it. Right. In one of the cases he found out after. Right. And, and so there was a broken hearted place. And if I had just continued to argue and argue and argue the pro-life position, I would have lost him. It wouldn't, wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. But right. when I stopped and realized, okay, where is this pain coming from? Right. I, I was able to actually reach him. So a lot of times there is a pursuit of a good when we're trying to change somebody, right? We're trying to change somebody for their own good. Like you wanted him to see something that was mm -hmm. true and good and, and beautiful, but our, but the means weren't the right ones. Right. And right. then through that inspiration, it seems 
Uh, that seems totally believable to me that there was an inspiration there. Some grace came in uh, to, to like understand more deeply, right? Right. What, what that person, and that's really where this stuff is coming from or God as mother. You know, um, when I hear somebody talk about God as mother, I hear somebody that's desperately trying to hang on to a, 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 a belief in God, but the father experience has been so toxic that they can't, they can't, conceptualize God as father and good at the same time. Right. So I could, I could go through scripture and exegesis and try to explain how God's revealed by, by himself as father and blah, 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 blah. But I might, I might missing be missing the point. Yeah. You're missing the what's point. What's really like, going on. Yeah. yeah. What's really going on. And if that, if that person could have a positive experience of a man listening, you know, that mm-hmm. could, that's going to be far more helpful than, than getting lectured at, you yeah. know? Um, so, so it's not going to compromise your integrity to listen to somebody. It's just not. Yeah. You know? Um, so we should, we should probably get to our... We do need tour. to get there. We, we have exciting things coming up still, though. Continue, continual things coming out, Souls and Hearts, every week, though, right? Yeah, look for those new blogs, blogs every Thursday. Right. Yeah. And this week we're going to wrap up the, the, the course. We've got the course wrapping up on, um, on how to help a loved one in distress. Um, and that's, that's an exciting thing. And we have got all kinds of new things on the horizon. So um, we really want to hear from you too. I mean, I'm, I'm really curious about what's going on in all your minds. And so get onto our, our, our website, soulsandhearts.com. Comment. Let us know what you're thinking. Send us something in the, in, the, in the comments boxes or put something in the suggestions box or email us through our web form there or put something up, uh, you know, on uh, YouTube comments. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know what you're thinking and what you'd like to know more about or what you'd like to hear. Because we'll adapt. We'll, we're willing yeah. to go to you know, explore new areas or whatever meets your needs. But what are our kind of uh, action items for this week, Peter? So my action item, remember the key theme is if you want to love somebody, really listen to them. And so the action item is to ask an open-ended question. And what's an open-ended question, right? That's an, a question that can't be answered yes or no or with a single word. Right? So an open-ended question is something like, well, what was that like for you? You know, if they're telling you about an experience that they had, right? These are questions designed to draw out people and to show that you're curious and you're interested in really knowing who they are because you want to love them, right? Right? Yeah. And so if you ask open-ended questions, you're going to be surprised by what you hear. You know, I've been doing this business a long time. I'm an expert in assessment. You know, I'm, I'm trained in such a way that I can make reasonable inferences about people. But if I ask open-ended questions, even with all that background, I'm surprised by what I hear. Mm. Um, so, because you'll get insights. And this is great with kids too. So if you've got little kids, ask them open-ended questions. Yeah. And listen to what they tell you. And, you know, in a marriage, listen to the spouse. You know, Sometimes I feel like we're busy preaching to people that may already know what we're about to say <laughs> and then they resent that and react against that even if they don't even if they actually agree <laughs> and so we're not actually getting to a place where we're really hearing the other person so i love that so my my action item is to choose one thing that is kind of an emotional burden and by emotional burden that sounds kind of heavy it can literally be as little as my example which is, you know, I'm frustrated my wife is late. 
right, to something. Or, you know, she's not ready in time. <laughs> I don't know if any husbands relate to that. But, um, <laughs> but pick something emotional, something that kind of gets you, right, that kind of is a little frustrating. Maybe it's something to do with traffic, right? Like I get frustrated traffic. People are driving too fast or people are driving too slow or whatever it is. And, and pick some emotional burden. We're calling it a burden um, that brings me some kind of frustration, anguish, whatever, and let it go. Choose to let it go. And by that, you know, I'm not going to break out into song or anything, but I'm going to say, you know, just sort of say, you know what? It's not important enough. And I'm going to have to just accept and choose to, maybe I need to forgive. Maybe I need to just kind of go, you know what? This is not worth losing my sense of peace. And I'm going to allow God to smash that, <laughs> smash that burden. It's not, it's, it, it, it's, it's not, it's preventing me from loving uh, when I hold on to it. So pick something, some small thing uh, to kind of choose to kind of purposefully give up this week. All right. Sounds good. And, you know, let's be with the word. You know, let's really prepare for these Sundays. If, yes. if you like us, find a place in a schedule to listen to us and let people know about us too, because, you know, we're here for you. We're here subscribe. to help you engage with the word, right? If you're, and, if you're on any of our platforms, subscribe to YouTube or right. whatever one, so you keep getting it in your feed. Or if there's a person you kept thinking, you know, I should really let them know about this show, let them know. Send them that email or that text and let them know about us because we want to we make sure that we're getting to the people that would really right. benefit from the things that we have to say. So. so much of our journey comes from our work, right? Like we've done a lot of work and uh, with clients. We're not doing therapy here online, but we're wanting to send out our message to a broader audience. Yeah, we feel right. called to do that, really strongly called to, yeah. like, you know, to bring this outside, outside of our consulting rooms. There's decades of experience that we have between us, and you know we want to make that available to you to help you on your on your journey, on your pilgrimage through this life uh, to connecting with with God in a deeper way. So. All right. So till next time, be still, believe, be loved, take good care. God bless. Bye.